Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Alex Kennedy Podcast, brought to you by BasketballNews.com. This is episode number 45, and we're back to doing two episodes per week now that I'm home from NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. While I was out in Vegas, I had a chance to see a friend of mine and invited him on the podcast. He is a former NBA player who had stints with the Indiana Pacers, Sacramento Kings, Phoenix Suns, and New Orleans Pelicans. He's also played for a number of different teams overseas throughout his 10-year career. My guest is Orlando Johnson. Orlando, thanks for joining me. How are you? Good, Alex, man. It's been, it's been a while. I feel like it's been like, you know, maybe a few days or something since I've seen you. <laughs> it was great catching up at the sports business classroom out in Las Vegas. Uh, I was surprised to see you there. I was over there, you know, speaking with our Nikias Duncan and Mark Schindler. And then I saw a familiar face in the in the audience. Um, mm-hmm. How did you hear about SBC and, and how did you get involved as a student? Yeah. So actually, my brother brought it up to me. Uh, his name is Brandon Walker. He he works uh, working a long time in uh, the field with Adidas. Uh, he was a grassroots, like, you know, uh, manager for, for a long time and before he moved over to, to Facebook. But he had a lot of connections within the game. And uh, he's like, hey, oh, uh, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but, you know, check out this classroom. And, um, you know, I think it's got a lot of the fields that you would probably want to, you know, explore and, and see what that might look like after you're done playing. So, you know, uh, give it a chance. And so looked into it. Uh, Never filled out a resume before, uh, you know, in my life. Uh, uh, so that that was different. You know, I had to call a lot of my, you know, friends who actually, you know, had jobs and stuff like that. Like, hey, man, so, like, what part needs to go here? And, and you know, working on a cover letter and stuff like that. And, you know, just the whole experience was it was different for me. And I wonder, you know, try something. Because, like, I know, like, as I'm getting, you know, older and stuff and getting to the end of my playing career, uh, starting to explore, you know, what life might look outside that. And SBC felt like it was the right thing for me. So at what point during your playing days do you start to think about that next chapter? Because I talked to a lot of players who are approaching retirement and they start looking for that next thing, whether it's media, whether it's coaching, whether it's something unrelated to basketball, like, you know, a different business. When did you start having those thoughts and kind of start coming up with a plan? You know what, for me, I, I think... Uh, I've always, you know, kind of played within the back of my mind, but I would say recently, like in the past, like five years, I've been trying to like nail down some things, um, put some fillers out there. Uh, I got injured at in 2000 and 
2017, I ruptured my uh, patella tendon. Uh, so I had a year and a half where I was out, out of the game, um, pretty much trying to work my way back uh, to get into play. And so, you, you know, you have all that downtime. You're not playing. You're not, you know, with the team, anything like that. Uh, so you kind of started trying to plan and, and do things where you're like, what makes sense for me uh, moving forward? So I started investing in some different things. Um, a barbershop, a uh, clothing brand, and, um, you know, just trying to kind of find my lane. And then I was eventually able to get back into playing ball. And so you kind of like, you know, push it off of like, okay, like I'm not thinking about that. I started doing some things. Now I'm like back to doing what I actually want to do. Um, and luckily I was been able to play the last like four years, pretty injury uh, free. Um, nothing that's been able to, you know, have me out for long periods of time. And, uh, you know, and then you just get to the age where it's like, okay, you're 33 now. You're trying to see what makes sense uh, moving forward. You know, uh, I don't have a family or, or wife yet, so I would like to, you know, eventually get to get to going on that and, um, you know, building towards something. So um, for me, I, you know, I just was like, this is the time right now, 33, probably to like 35. If I do continue to play if, or if I don't, uh, it's to kind of like start making that move. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what kind of goes into that decision uh, about whether or not to retire? Because you've played in a bunch of different countries, you know, in the last few years, the Philippines, you went over to Australia. Like you've had a bunch of, you know, overseas stints recently. And yeah, I'm sure yeah. you, you feel like you can still play. But what kind of goes into that decision of, okay, is this time to pursue my post-playing days career, or, you know, how do you kind of weigh that? Well, for me, uh, pretty much kind of what goes into that thinking is, uh, one is, you know, am I going to get paid, you know, well, to go out there, to be going eight, nine months at a time. Yeah. Two, uh, the living situation, like, you know, where I'm going to be. Uh, three, how my body feels. Um, and so those are probably like my, my top three, like, you know, the pay, living, and then also, you know, how, how I'm feeling physically and mentally. Um, and, you know, if you would ask me, you know, today, like, I feel amazing. I still train. I still work on my game. I still do all these things. But, you know, coming back from such a serious injury, getting back to playing, being going through the pandemic um, and having to sit through that for a while. Uh, you know, people start to, you know, wonder, like, age, health, all these different things start coming into play. And it's just, you know, you kind of get, like, tired of, like, having to always keep trying to, like, you know, prove yourself of, you know, can he play at this level? Is he worth this much? And it's just, like, I feel like I, this game is giving me so much that it's just, like, sometimes you just sit back and you think, like, man, like, do you still, you know, have that, that hunger and want to, to go do it. And, you know, today I definitely, I still do feel that, you know, but after going through the program that I, I just went through, there was a lot of great things that came out of that as well to where it, it lit me up and inspired me in a, in a whole different way that I never even thought of. And so that's something to take into consideration as well. And so uh, for me, this is to continue to, try to process these things out, see what makes sense. And, 
yeah, like if I shoot, if I can keep playing, I'm gonna try to play as long as I can. But um, it all it would have to make sense for where I'm at uh, in my life currently. I mean, the best thing is to have options, and it sounds like that's kind of where you're at right now, where you have different paths you can go down. You know, you can afford to be picky at this stage. Yeah. Steph Curry's record-breaking three-pointer, Jason Tatum's buzzer-beating alley-oop, John Morant's poster dunk, NBA Top Shot is where the greatest moments from NBA history are turned into officially licensed digital collectibles. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and collect by removing the hassle of grading, shoeboxes, and shipping fees. You can buy or sell moments in a few clicks and access them at any time on your phone or computer. Your collection is always at your fingertips. Start collecting Top Shot moments in any way you want. Collect rookie moments from future stars like like Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham, collect throwback moments from former NBA stars like Shaq and Allen Iverson, or collect moments from your favorite team to gain access to exclusive perks. Grab your starter pack today and Top Shot will give you $20 back to start your collection and pick up some of your favorite moments in the marketplace. Go to about.nbatopshot.com slash bballnews and get in the game today. That's about.nbatopshot.com slash bballnews. Curious, what were some of your biggest takeaways from attending that week at SBC? Because people may not know what that kind of entails. There's tons of speakers, you know, Jerry West, Daryl Morey, a bunch of people come yeah. to class yeah. and talk. You also do like a mock off season where you're running a team yeah. and making trades. You know, what were some of your biggest uh, takeaways? What were some of your favorite moments? Oh, man. I, w- I would say like some of the favorite moments are the stuff that you just can't, it's no notes being taken. It's just pretty much you got to lock in like, Hearing the inside of a guy like Jerry West, like, and how sharp he is, like, you know what I mean? Like, his age, where he's at, the things he's seen throughout the game, like, and just, like, listen to him, like, that's like a basketball savant. Like, we're just getting, we're so lucky to be in front of and, and hear hear from. And I think hearing him um, also uh, the, the in-depth uh, – you know, talks of like the salary cap and the CBA with Larry. Uh, those were very vital. Those are the things I never even knew of, and I've been playing for a long time. So I'm just like, man, like you just see a whole different side of the things that you're just like, oh, I didn't even know like this was actually like uh, a thing. And so going through that uh, and all the different like opportunities over there, they had the, the the scouting, they had broadcasting, they had, you know, like I said, front office stuff. So, and for me, uh, I kind of was, I was undecided because I wanted to try different things. And that was a cool part about it is that they let me just explore and kind of find like what was, you know, fitting for me. And, uh, you know, even like getting a chance to talk with you a little bit about like media and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I really like the media side of it, but I also really like the front office side as well. So, um, yeah, just getting a chance to, I think, interact and have, you know, conversations with, with, uh, you know, people and, you know, pick their brains a little bit. That was, that was really like my favorite part is just seeing like everybody's different walks in life. And then we're all coming together for like a common goal, like sports, we all love sports. So, and, you know, hearing people's perspectives about that. So yeah, if I take anything away, I think it was just being able to be in a room with everybody who was, uh, you know, very thirsty for the, the knowledge of the game. So as of right now, do you which side do you think that you want to pursue more? I mean, obviously you're keeping your options open, but, you know, do you prefer the media side? Do you prefer front office? Like, 
you know, as, where you're at right now, where you, what do you, where do you kind of stand? Man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn, but I had so much fun on the, on the air, uh, being in front of the, you know, the camera. Um, and then, like you say, you're up there with like a, a, a group. It feels, you know, feels like that team atmosphere still, cause you gotta, you gotta play off one another. You gotta know each other's strengths, weaknesses, stuff like that. And being able to get my expertise on the game, uh, felt really cool. Uh, you know, being up there as a, a player um, and kind of letting them inside the mind of what what got what goes through uh, a player's head. So uh, that that part was cool. And then also like the front office side was just man, that thing that was amazing. Like you're putting pieces together, you're seeing what what's out there, what moves need to be made to make your team you know the best it could possibly be, and. Um, it's pretty much you're just reinventing yourself. You're you're coming in like there's days you come in, you're like, ah, you know what? I sat on that thought. I don't know if that's the move we need to be making right now. I feel like we're giving up too much capital if we're doing this this move. Then you're coming like, well, you know, maybe we need to revisit. Uh, it talks so it's just like these games you're you're going through. You're going through the game within the game, pretty yeah. much like being in that role. And um, yeah, as a collective, you're trying to see, you know what makes it the most sense for your organization. So there's definitely sides that I could see myself on both, but um, yeah, if I had right now today, if I had to pick one, I probably, it might be leaning a little bit more towards the media right now. Um, it definitely get, brings a different type of energy out of me. And uh, I kind of, I, I really like what, I, what I've seen. Well, it's a great time too, for players kind of making the jump to media. We're seeing so many guys have success you know, former players, current players in the NBA, you know, have podcasts and are yeah. broadcasters. So it's kind of a cool time. Uh, what do you think from your playing days? You know, you, you've obviously you've been a player for 10 years now, over a decade. So you have tons of experience uh, professionally. How do you think your playing career would help you uh, either in media or in a front office job? Like your perspective that you'd have is unique. How do you think your experience would help you? I would just say my experience, like the experience, the actually going through it, the the travel, the the, the game management, the time management, um, being in so many different locker rooms, uh, the personnel that you have to you know deal with, um, seeing so many different like philosophies of the game, and being able to apply that, I think, to pretty much any field. Um, like for myself, like being able to play in one league where I needed average 30, playing in another league where my role is to be, you know, a, a catch and shoot guy or another league where it's like, oh, we need him to uh, be more facilitator. So I think, honestly, I got, like I was saying earlier, it's like it's being able to kind of reinvent yourself on the go. And I've, been very fortunate enough to where teams have been able to bring me in and I ask them of what they need from me and either I'm able to adapt and, you know, correct and, and make those changes to where uh, they can help the team or it doesn't. But all in all, like having the mentality of like whatever the team needs, you know, and I think that's the same thing in my next journey is like pretty much knowing who I am as a person and what I can bring. And then also just trying to add that and fill in where uh, somebody might be lacking and 
be able to bring the best out of out of them and myself. You know, speaking of experiences, you've played in so many different places and you've seen pretty much everything that a professional basketball player can see playing in the NBA, the G League, a ton of different countries. Given all of your experiences, what what advice would you give to a player that's kind of just starting out? You know, you and I met back when you were going through the pre-draft process when you were, you know, in your early 20s. I was in my early 20s. Now, given everything that you've kind of experienced, what would your what would your advice be for an upcoming player? Honestly, for you know, the guy who's just getting his journey going, fresh out of college, I would say to really just try to embrace the journey. Like sometimes I know when I was going through like my early career, like being in the league and stuff like that, like I was just so tied up, like, I gotta make it, I gotta make it, I gotta make it that I didn't really get a chance to just enjoy it. I didn't get a chance to like really just uh, sit there and be like, man, like I'm really, I'm really here. I really get to, you know, like it was just such a, you know, because when you're like you're coming into it, you're like, man, like I, I gotta, I just gotta make it. Like I gotta find a way to, you know, be seen, be heard, like you know, and make a name. And it's just like a lot of the times, I just wish that there was times where somebody would have been like, hey, man, like enjoy this, you know what I mean? Go out there and still have fun. Like, and cause literally we've been doing this thing our whole life. Like when you're an athlete, you've been playing this game for so long. It's just like, I think when, you know, the money and everything gets involved, like you just kind of forget your, Oh man, it's just a job. Like to extent, yes, but it's still a game, you know, it's still a game that we all love and all, all of us, uh, you know, who happened to end up making it to that level have become really, really special. And, and to never forget that, that you are very special and you're one of the, what, 450? Yeah. To, to, to be in there in that in that given moment. And there hasn't been very many to ever wear that, that, that NBA uh, logo across their, their chest. So I would just really tell uh, somebody coming up in the game to just embrace their journey, like through the ups, the downs. Um, because there's going to be times where it's really good. There's going to be times where it's not so good, but to just love it, love it. Because when it, when it's done, it, it's done. And um, just take it every day. It's like, you know, like it's your last, but also like it's a, every day you have a chance to kind of reinvent and create yourself. So, um, yeah, that's that's the, the love and the journey of, of the game of basketball. This podcast is brought to you by Branded Bills, the best place online for premium headwear and apparel. Branded Bills has hundreds of designs available, including their popular state collection, where you can show your pride with hats, shirts, hoodies, and more for all 50 states. Are you a company looking to brand your business? Branded Bills also offers custom apparel options that can meet your brand standards with fast turnaround and shipping. To shop or learn more, visit brandedbills.com today. That's brandedbills.com. Of all the different countries that you played in, which was your favorite, you know, on the court, off the court, just in terms of the overall experience? Oh, man. Ooh. My favorite place, experience, i say the Philippines, man. The Philippines, they love basketball. Like, they love it. And it was an amazing experience. My first time going over to, like, play uh, for a team was 2015. And um, the type of love and embracement that they they given me over there i just was like i couldn't believe it. i felt like 
you know, I was a, you know, a superstar among superstars. Like it felt like I was LeBron, Kobe, one of those guys out there. Uh, because after every game, you're having hundreds of fans just waiting outside for you to maybe get a picture or photo of something with you. And I'll share a really quick story about like the time I was there. Um, I had a driver that would take me through like, uh, you know, their, their like slums area, they would call it. And I'm seeing these kids out there playing with no shoes on. And it was at like 10 at night or something like that. Like literally right after my game, I asked him, I said, can you drive me off here? He's like, um, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, like drive me off. Just put the lights on and like, so I could, you know, see them and everything like that. These kids run up to me and they're like, Orlando Johnson, like, oh my goodness, like, like you're here. Like, you know, they're like Indiana Pacers. I just start busting and laughing. I was like, yeah, that's me. And uh, we're out there playing. I'm playing the game like one on 15. Like they got this rim that's like 11 feet high and high. And they're like, uh, can you dunk? And I was like, I can't. I, can't. I was like, I probably could dunk that, but not right now. <laughs> and so it was <laughs> it was fun to just be out there, you know, playing with those, those kids and having fun and having one of my, my best friends out there with me as well. And he got the chance to experience uh, the love the Philippines has for the game of basketball. And yeah, I honestly would say the Philippines because they just, they took it to a whole nother level in terms of just uh, the love they brought um, to the game. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I remember seeing a stat. I did an article about just, you know, uh, love of basketball in Asia and the Philippines in particular. And there was a stat that uh, 52 million people in the Philippines watch a live basketball game on broadcast every single week. So weekly they're tuning in. The population yeah. of the Philippines is like over, a little over a hundred million. So basically wow. half of the country is watching basketball, you know, men, women, kids, adults, they're watching basketball once a week or more, yeah. uh, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy. And I also saw, there was a there was a stat another stat I saw that across uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, if you take out the United States, the country with the most followers on the NBA's platforms across the board is the Philippines, and Man. there are some NBA teams that have more yeah. followers uh, from the Philippines than the U.S. So oh, I believe it too. Love basketball, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do, man. And I, I always will have a special place in my heart for the Philippines. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so I'm curious then, uh, you told a great Kobe Bryant story, uh, at sports business classroom. I know you repeated it a few times for different people. I have to ask you to share it again on the podcast. Could you share your Kobe story? I got you. So yeah, man, uh, Kobe used to come up to Santa Barbara, uh, where I attended school all the time. Like he would have camps. Um, and then also he would just come there to speak and, and stuff. And so there was a day, uh, um, I have class and stuff like that. And my uh, one of the baseball coaches, old baseball coaches, uh, called me and it was like, oh, he's like, where are you right now? He's like, get your butt down to my class. He's like, Kobe's about to speak. And I said, what? I dropped whatever I was doing at the time and biked over to, to the classroom to uh, speak to him uh, or just get the chance to, you know, talk to him a little bit. Sitting in the class, the coaches, you know, him and uh, the coach are having a little dialogue back and forth. And he's like, yeah, we got a pretty good, you know, ball player in here as well. He's like, who? He's like Orlando Johnson. He's a he's our star, you know, basketball player here at Santa Barbara. He's like, oh, he's like, he's pretty good. He's like, yeah, he's pretty good. He'll be in the NBA next season. And Kobe was like, oh, is that right? And um, you know, then we, you know, me and him take the conversation over from there. And I was like, yeah, like uh, I'm gonna be in the NBA next season. And um, so we continue to talk. Coach is like, 
He's like, he'll play you right now. He's like, he's trying to start some stuff with Kobe. And I'm just like, man, like, I'm just trying to talk to the guy. He's like, he's like, that. I was like, man, if we get, you know, I'm, I'm with whatever. Like, we could play right now. And so he starts chuckling and stuff like that. He's like, maybe he's like, but you made it to the show, you know, we'll have that chance or whatever. And um, year goes by. Indiana is getting ready to play the Lakers. Kobe actually the game before I think they were playing the Hawks and he had a bad ankle injury, um, but still like was like trying to muster up the play. He's in warmups. I'm shooting. He goes uh, Santa Barbara. And I like turn around and he's like, "Welcome to the show." And like that was like one of the most surreal moments. It, it felt like a movie. Like I was like. I was like, wait, he's talking to me. I was like, because there ain't nobody else in here went to Santa Barbara. So, <laughs> uh, like, being able to dap him up and, uh, you know, feel that embrace from him. Like, like I told everybody, I was like, that's a story I would never forget. Like, um, to meeting the great Kobe uh, Bryant, Bryant and um, just all the, the things he was able to do for my basketball career. Uh, the inspiration he brought to me since I was a kid. So, yeah, no, I, I owe a lot to to Kobe and all that he's done for the game and for my career. Were there any other moments like that where you're, you, you know, it kind of felt like a dream or not welcome to the NBA moments, but moments that you're like, wow, I'm never going to forget this from your playing days? Mm, yeah, I mean, just, let's see, playing against, you know, all my favorite, like, my favorite two guards because that, that was my position. So, like, Ray Allen, D Wade, uh, even sometimes getting matched up with Melo and Braun, like uh, KG, like going up to block KG shot. Like that's a, a memory I'll never forget. Like I remember I blocked the shot, the refs called a foul, and the crowd just going crazy. It's like, oh, like this is before they had the challenges and all that. Shoot, a year goes by, and, and that I think I'm in the, I might have been, uh, do, 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 maybe in Austin or something playing there. He was repping a G League game. He comes up to me. He was like, Lando, he's like, I made that call. And he's like, I, we watched it after. And he's like, honestly, I didn't, I just didn't know you could jump like that. <laughs> so hearing it from their side, I was like, man, it's all good. But like knowing like I wasn't wrong, like that felt even better. <laughs> so, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Thanks to your for sponsoring this episode. Yerbe is a naturally caffeinated energy drink that's made exclusively with recognizable plant-based ingredients. There's no sugar, calories, or sucralose, so you can feel great about what you're drinking. Get the energy you need without the jitters or crash. Check out yerbe.com for 10% off. That's yerbe.com for 10% off. Last question for you. Uh, back to your sports business classroom experience. We talked a little bit about the, the mock off season where there's tons of trades, and I know at the end they pick like a winner whatever team, you know, does the best job of the trades and all that. And for those that don't know, there's multiple days of negotiations. You have to kind of present what you're going to do, your plan to quote unquote ownership. Uh, And then at the last day you go in front of everyone and you kind of present all the trades. Uh, You were helping run the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Can you kind of share what that experience was like and and what you don't have to go into, you know, every move you guys made, but what were some Mm -hmm. of your guys' objectives and what were some of the negotiations that happened? Well, yeah. So, like you said, Alex, we we my team of Ovanis, Tiga, uh, Hubert, and Colleen, like we ran the Mavs. Um, and the first thing we thought of was like, how are we gonna make uh, life easier on Luca? Because 
He's our franchise player. He's one of the top five players in the game. Um, and we want to win now. Like, that was our main objective. Every time we kept talking, like, we got to win now. We got to win now. And so, like, our biggest move was uh, acquiring Miles Turner. We felt like if we had the rim protection we needed, um, a guy who was very solid on on pick and rolls, um, who would be able to finish it around the rim and a big body, like, uh, especially playing in the West. You got, you know, Minnesota with their twin towers now. You got Jokic in Denver. Um, you know, the Lakers are going to retool. Um, and we just needed somebody who could combat uh, that by also giving us a little scoring presence down low, while also protecting the paint. So our biggest thing was, like, we were in the win-now phase. Uh, we are also, like, you know, we are able to extend Miles uh, uh, Turner on a two-year extension. So that pretty much put us in, uh, you know, having him locked up for the next few years, Bullock, Hardaway, uh, also with Luca. Uh, we just felt like having that solid core of those guys and uh, the addition of Christian Wood as well, that if we were to put put them in a position with a, with a franchise, you know, center, we would have us a really good shot at uh, making a splash, um, you know, in the playoffs and, and really going deep into the playoffs is, you know, that's all you can ask for. Because um, when you get to that point, it's really, a, you know, who's clicking on all cylinders uh, and, and going from there. I had a chance to participate in a few years ago. and uh, Oh, you did the class? Yeah, no, I didn't do the class, but they used okay. to do it differently where each team had like a captain and it was someone that uh-huh. worked in basketball. So I was okay. like the captain of the Memphis Grizzlies group. And uh, I got to work with a few different people. And actually, some people from my group actually work in the NBA now. Like, one of the guys is part of the Boston Celtics front office. So, I mean, it goes to show you that people in SBC do go on to have that kind of success. But I remember it was like a whirlwind. And you see all these trades happening. And it was was a ton of fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. For you, was it something that... I felt like it was like an adrenaline rush. Like you're you're running around, making trades, and it's all crammed in like two or three days. What was that like for you? Man, like... It's funny because, like, these guys, like, they're telling me about their 2K days. Like, they're playing 2K. They're like, man, I, I can get this trade done in, in 2K. But then you're in real life. So you're dealing with people's, you know, emotions, team, like, families, franchises, stuff like that. So, you know, you realize, like, a lot of these deals don't get done like that. Like, I would say probably, like, 90% of the deals that we were actually, like, talking about did not get done. Yeah. Like, it literally came to a point where we were like, okay, we need to like try to line up what's the most important for us and we need to attack that. And then we'll have a plan B. But, you know, we were, we had guys trying to talk to this team, this team, this team. And we're like, man, like this is what they want. We're like, man, we can't do that. We no, like that's not <laughs> happening. It's just like, and then they'll be like, well, what about this? And it's like, all right, deals off the table. Like, so a lot of times you'll, you'll see like that deals just fail. And, um, going through that process of kind of like dealing with rejection to try to find another way to to get exactly what you need for your, for your team and finding the piece that fits your team, that's something that, uh, you know, with SBC, you're just kind of like, man, like I see why the front office be on the hot seat like all the time. Like, because they're, they're constantly, like that's their job. They're constantly trying to put on a, a product out there that's going to, you know, win games, sell tickets, like make people want to be involved in this. And so, um, 
seeing that, like, even after we did some of the deals, we're kind of like thinking, like, in the back of my mind, like, oh man, like, this is a really good team, but like, there's still some moves like we could have got done out there. And it's a, it, yeah, it definitely gets uh, pretty intense, and you get to see people's competitive sides, and and uh, that's something that I really uh, enjoyed as well, like seeing people like, you know, kind of like outside of like the whole like like the nice guy like hey how you doing like all that it's like hey man like this is what i was like oh okay yeah like this is what i'm talking about like you know that what kind of got my juices going about seeing that side of it and uh definitely made me want to uh you know wish i shoot i wish i was still there today like doing some more of it and, and learning learning more about it so because uh, i feel like a week even though there was some long days it still wasn't enough but it definitely was a start for sure yeah you get a nice taste of it but to your point though about you know, you're constantly having conversations. That's why in the NBA, I always think it's so funny when a report comes out like, oh, these two teams talked a week ago about this trade. And it's like, well, technically these teams are always talking, you know, mm-hmm. and there's so many trade talks that happen that don't get reported. So yeah. just because we discussed two players, you know, you don't know if it was actually serious. You don't know if one yeah. team laughed and hung up the phone. Like there's no, we yeah. don't know those details. So uh-huh. yeah. That's yeah. always funny to me, kind of seeing how certain things are framed. Uh, but no, it was a, I thought it was a great experience. I've, I've, I've always said to people, like, there's so much benefits that come out of attending SBC. Like, even just getting Absolutely. to be a speaker and, you know, kind of jump in for little parts here and there has been yeah. great for me even. So, yeah, yeah I think uh, I love to see that you're you're putting yourself out there and you're doing it. I think it shows that, you know, you want to learn and, and you're willing to kind of put the work in to, to get better on the, on the media side to learn the basics with the front office stuff and the salary cap. Yeah. I think uh, it's, it's a great, it's it kind of shows that you're committed to this. So uh, yeah. it was awesome seeing you there and catching up, yeah. uh, it's been a while since we had seen each other. So mm-hmm. uh, always good to see you and uh, appreciate you jumping on here and doing this podcast. Definitely brother. Thank you, man. I really appreciate this. Well, take care and good luck to you. No matter what path you go down, whether it's media, yeah. whether it's front office, definitely stay in yeah. touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if anyone wants to hear more episodes of this podcast, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. And until next time, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate y'all.